0: Thank you for tuning in to Coppola the Comic. I'm Brian Coppola. We're with comic Meredith Hackman. (music) Meredith Hackman, how the hell are
1: you? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you?
0: Feeling good. Thank you so much for coming on. We follow her everywhere. She's Big Mare on Twitter, B-I-G underscore M-E-R. But she's also, this is hilarious, best place to cry at work on Instagram, in addition to MeredithHackman.com. And so like there, we follow you there. What kind of stuff uh, do you have coming out that we can kind of figure out about when we're on your socials?
1: I have a couple of stand-up shows coming up in February, you know, assuming, uh, omicron oh, does its calming down <laughs> thing uh and hopefully more stand-up shows to come uh the less and less afraid i get of going outside yeah. um, <laughs> have you
0: been have you been afraid or is a lot i mean is the la weather good enough where a lot of the shows can be outside and a little bit safer
1: oh yeah i mean la is ridiculous it's it's uh, currently january and i i literally was going to take the garbage out i walked by a girl in a bathing suit hanging out by the pool getting tan i was like uh, this is life i could have been here <laughs> so long ago and I was in cold, cold New York City like an Uh, asshole being like, but the museums, you know? uh
0: (laughs) Like they have no world-class museums in Los Angeles. Right?
1: right. Well, that's what they tell us, right? They're like, LA, there's no culture there. That's what you stay on the East Coast for. It's cold, but all the culture. <laughs> they have culture here. Did you know about that?
0: No, yeah. And, and But also like, if you're not taking advantage of it out in New York City, which I'm not, like who, <laughs> like, like, who the fuck cares? It's just like, you have to also like driving. Like, like LA seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me to be strip mall separated by traffic all of which seems a little bit uh, gross to me. Am I incorrect?
1: Mm. Mm. Well, I don't know that you're incorrect, Um, (laughs) but inside the strip malls are high-end dining facilities that you don't expect, Uh, (laughs) art installations. It is a strip mall and it is disgusting, but but it's also beautiful. I mean, you're acting like new york isn't disgusting new york is similarly disgusting but with better architecture uh
0: yeah i just but also the traffic it's just like i you know yeah i moved cross country from chicago or i guess half country from chicago to new york like in a little carmax porsche but by Mm. the time you got to new york you're like i can't just fucking like have a car that i care about and what move it move it to alternate sides because of parking or whatever every other day it's like fuck that i don't want to worry about it so if you don't have a car it can just be you're on the train all the time with Omicron, it's just kind of dangerous place to be. But like, yeah, so I mean, did traffic and your love or love for cars or hatred of the subway kind of influence your move to the West Coast or no?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um- I mean, you know me fast cars and uh, hot chicks is really my my go to thing. Um, <laughs> no, my my husband got a job out here and uh, I was like, hey, I'd love to try to make money in entertainment instead of like doing it for the passion and the love of it. So. I came out to LA. Um, <laughs> Were you doing that in New York?
0: Were you doing what comedy for the passion and love of it?
1: Yeah, I was doing comedy mostly for the passion and the love. Not really getting, getting the big bucks. Okay. <laughs> New but, New now,
0: but now you are in LA,
1: right? I mean, now I'm getting tens of dollars. So yes. it's, it's a, it's a real upgrade. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I love New York. I'm, uh, I'm from Connecticut, but, uh, my family's from Queens and originally from Queens. And so I'm, uh. I'm that's where i'm at shoppers. yeah where are you
0: i'm in astoria queens but i live beautiful. in a hotel i live in a hotel in long island city and so now because it's Thanks. a little bit further west i have an unobstructed view of the Empire oh. state building from my bed it is gorgeous oh
1: i mean long island city is beautiful the, the changes <laughs> that have, it really is i love long island city it's um it the changes that have happened there over the last like 20 years are just yeah. insane i'm my family's from forest hills Okay. um so no no views of the skyline but um yeah i i was once dropped off in long island city before it was redone and uh i had to like uh sue a taxi driver <laughs> for just like leaving me in front of abandoned buildings and telling uh, me that was my actual like location that i asked did you to sue drop off. i didn't sue but uh, i had okay. to like i reported it because i like had all of this information i was coming from the airport and uh and I, I just thought it would be like a report, like, a, hey, guy, like, don't just ab- abandon young women in, like, you know, factory areas. And uh, uh, yeah, I had to, like, go to their special taxi court a couple times to be like, Oh, my hey.
0: Lord. Because well, I, like, I, I
1: mean, you,
0: to, yeah, I'm not trying to get damages out of this guy. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. kind of a, lo- a lawyer for a bit. So that's just a super interesting mm. case. And the fact that there's a taxi court is just adorable. <laughs> but it sounds like you're done with all that. You're in L.A. And one, one of the things we're going to talk about today, I'm really interested in, Is um, uh, siblings in the in the disabled community? Like I actually saw, you know, an example of that on the way here, and it's Mm. just like I also have something. I think I have one of my best friends had a sibling in the disabled community, and so it was very, it was just very interesting to kind of um, watch and hear about and things like that. What can you what can you kind of teach us about it for those of us who don't have firsthand experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm very passionate about. Obviously, disability is a very large umbrella. Um, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it as disability now. It's a, it's a community that's come together. There's a lot of active advocates now, and people are looking out. At, we, we talked a little before we started recording about TikTok. I think that there's a lot of representation on TikTok. I know of siblings, uh, people in my sibling community, that are representing themselves there, um, but I think that it's an experience that is often overlooked. People talk a lot about parents of people with disabilities um, because it's a change that comes into their life. You know, they they live however many years of their life uh, typical, uh, having typical experiences, and then uh, and then a child comes into the world and kind of changes their view or. Um, their relationship with this community. Whereas those of us who are raised in it with siblings who have disabilities, I mean, we run the gambit. I'm not trying to say that everybody is super happy about being a sibling. <laughs> my experience was very uh, <laughs> special, uh, very close with my sister and uh, I'm very lucky that she was a wonderful, person, you know, that, but that, that isn't everybody's experience. And I, I don't want to act like I, I represent all siblings.
0: Yeah. Like sometimes um, a sibling's shitty,
1: right?
0: yeah My sibling, my disabled sibling is a real piece of shit. Huh?
1: I mean, <laughs> people are pieces of shit, no matter what their <laughs> yeah. situations are. Like I think, that, uh, Don't treat my sibling
0: with kid's gloves. She knows she's an asshole.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think that like we we recognize that people in every group, uh, some of them are assholes. And I think that because of, you know, inspiration porn, sometimes we forget that people in in disability groups can also be assholes because they are full people living full existences and running the gambit of personality types and it and, sucks and they're dealing and with something that's a
0: pain in the ass right yeah but it's like, when you said inspiration <laughs> porn i forgot like i was like oh there's a subset of porn called inspiration porn but i was like oh no i are just talking about the inspiration <laughs> accounts that are just you know saccharine, and just super uh super inspirational it's hilarious
1: Right. There should I mean, be an
0: inspirational porn.
1: We, we should try to make inspirational porn. I mean, that I, I think that Hallmark movies are maybe that. Yeah. Um, if there was more like, you know, totally nude sex happening in them. <laughs> like real penetration just in the middle of like Christmas prints or something, <laughs> then it would be inspiration for him. But,
0: but even that's kind, of a good, that's kind of a good analog because like his, like I've noticed like my, my mother was just listening to just some truly awful shit for hours. And I'm like, what are you watching in there? This is awful. She goes like, oh, it's a Hallmark movie or something because it gets all nice at the end. I'm like, why are these people being so awful? Like, And so I think there's a certain subset of some of these melodramas that they're awful for 75% of it, but it's uplifting at the end. And I suppose, you know, d- disabled community is just like, yeah, man, my life is like yours, except it's 10 times harder. So, of course, like, forgive me if I'm occasionally an asshole.
1: Yeah. But also, like, it, it, I don't even know if it's about it being 10 times harder, right? Like, I think, I think um, oftentimes we dwell on that, especially because of media representation of just like, these people are going through it and it's not that it's like it. it's not hard at all dude not i love hard this though. for
0: counter-programming the whole oh, yeah, day we're talking about disabled siblings dude. no that's no, not but bad I mean... they're an and it's not hard at all
1: yeah that's what i really want people to take away from this um whoops uh clearly <laughs> this was the wrong topic too just because no i um it is hard but it is uh it can also be you know hilarious and beautiful and full of really positive experiences that you only get to experience because you're lucky enough to be a sibling. And, and some of the hardships, I mean, separate from being a sibling, some of the hardest times in my life are also some of the times I've laughed the most. I, I mean, sometimes those things just go hand in hand of, um, uh, of really experiencing things together and, and kind of not necessarily having time for the bullshit because you are dealing with whatever you're dealing with. Um, and then you could just be straight with each other.
0: Does it differ? Like we have some OCD in my family, some of which hit somebody very, very hard recently, such that Mm. it's almost kind of um, crippling. And, you know, does caring for somebody with a disability change at all if that disability is not conspicuous to all?
1: Invisible disabilities, you mean?
0: Well, yeah, well, meaning of mental illness rather than you know, cause mm. mental illness, as you, as you indicated, you know, it doesn't have right. to be physical. Like, right. does it be, you know, does it become a different animal or just, is that something that you don't have enough experience with to kind of speculate on? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to speak out, out of turn about things I don't know about, but, but of course, you know, invisible disabilities present their own challenges because the world isn't making accommodations from you um. for you just by you entering a room like a um, not that they necessarily would if you present <laughs> like you have disabilities, but, um, and, you know, I mean, even just the basics of places having elevators that aren't, you know, trash, uh, freight elevators, like just basic things like that, that, that aside <laughs> of like the basic indignities that people aren't necessarily paying attention to, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, um, accommodation is a big part of it and and having to go out of your way to be like to constantly having to advocate for yourself of this is yeah. something that I'm dealing with instead of something that's obvious to you an outside person yeah. but but I mean I, I I still think that people who present as though they have disabilities still have to advocate for themselves constantly, so. Oh, yeah,
0: because sometimes accommodation is not made, and so in having this experience, right. you just, I mean, you just further honed your comedy chops, and so are you trying to bring, you know, have, have you at any point tried to make this stuff hilarious on stage?
1: Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, uh, uh I <laughs> I am definitely trying to put it a lot in my writing. Um, it is a dream of mine to have a, show that presents people with a variety of disabilities in a comedy I there's there's some great comedies out now that do represent disability that I'm really excited are um are on screen um but it it is it's a work in progress right like I think uh with stand-up it can be a little harder because if I have five minutes on stage I don't necessarily have time to explain my backstory and relationship with the disability community before jumping into jokes that could potentially offend somebody so it's a TED um, talk
0: for the first four minutes and then
1: right Right. it's like let me just give you tons of justification and backstory before I make one joke (laughs) it doesn't work quite as well in stand-up but um, I think in my writing it's it's become something that I Feel very strongly about, and uh, and I've just met so many amazing people in the disabled community that I think deserve to be represented on screen.
0: And so you think that you know your best vehicle for this will be kind of you know, shorter comedy films or, or just comedy specials where you actually cast, you know, people with disabilities because it's not like you, you know, in this day and age, if right. it was ever appropriate, it's certainly not now appropriate right. for Mer- Meredith Hackman to kind of pretend she's disabled on screen,
1: right? Right, that would not be my goal. And I think that, I mean... Wouldn't be cool. No, and there are great groups in Hollywood that are pushing for more authentic representation of actors with disabilities. There are plenty out there who are very talented and deserve to be on screen. And, and a number of people are getting cast in things. And I think just keep, just like with all representation, right, of, of groups that haven't been able to necessarily share their stories. We just need to get more out there and and showcase more actors.
0: I thought you were gonna go the other way. You're like, yeah, and it's awful that I cannot play a crippled person on screen anymore. I cannot play a physically disabled person. This is awful in this day and age. Cancel cultures, run amok. I've been I'm there. not, I'm be not even going to gonna support characters.
1: this joke because this is going to get <laughs> <Yeah>. clipped out. <laughs> it's going to be out of context. I'm I'm gonna not clip, even...
0: oh, oh, I'm going to clip this so right, hard. That, that one time. Podcast. Oh, yeah. That one time she said that disabled people are assholes and it's not that difficult for them. That's all <gasps> Meredith Ackman going to be known for on the East Coast, you know. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I also like the, the pre kind of the pre-show topic of people's inner lives, because if you can't spend mm. your time talking about the disabled community on stage, because you have to preface it with a four minute TED talk, like, are you trying to kind of um, speak to your own inner monologue? Or what about, you know, what on stage, as far as people's inner lives are concerned, what are you talking about, if anything?
1: Um, Well, uh, like for example, uh, last night, I just had a a terrible nightmare. And I feel like our nightmares are are fraught with great jokes uh, because it's where our anxieties go to play, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) So what anxiety yeah. was this night particular nightmare playing
1: on oh just just uh all the good stuff <laughs>
0: just... <laughs> brian is prying okay so what, yeah, what are you fucked <laughs> up about what, yeah, what's really yeah yeah up?
1: brian what, what are your darkest <laughs> secrets uh what do you fear What's uh we've, we've never spoken before what's what's the worst thing that's ever happened yeah, to you this is not um, being
0: recorded and taken out of context please right, feel free. <laughs> right.
1: no I, I think that um that all of us are living with anxiety or fear or anger or shame or whatever and uh and kind of what I was saying before that that darkness does feed into comedy but like I had a teacher in high school who I hated she was my enemy and um she at that one shouldn't point... be the
0: case ever. <laughs> what was so fucked about about that teacher that she you know she became your enemy
1: well what? at one point yeah, she I must I have like... been awful yeah I, I I um I was pitching a comedy that I was trying to write she's a screenwriting teacher <laughs> And I was like, okay, so I'm working on this comedy and she goes, Meredith, have you ever thought that maybe you like being funny so much because you're really sad inside? Oh my God. And I went, no, no, I have not, <laughs> not thought that. I think that I like being funny because I like being funny and uh, and screw all these people. They're like, you have to have a darkness. Like, Screw people are like, let's watch about the sad, sad life of I Love Lucy. Like I just, <laughs> I, I think that comedians should be able to be funny and, and yeah, we're all people. We're all sad and anxious. And we all have shit going on and that can inspire our comedy, but that's not uh, the, the reason we're funny as a defense mechanism necessarily some people are but But but
0: I mean that stuck with you probably because there was a I mean it was probably totally so inappropriate and traumatizing for a younger (laughs) person that it stuck with you but was there any truth to it I mean whereas I mean you're kind of you know it's kind of right in the sense that yeah I mean you're right and that you don't have to be dark and you don't have to have kind of a dark personal life but if you spend all your time being funny I I imagine some of it is well that's because I don't want to focus on the parts of life that suck right
1: well, I don't know. I think for me a lot of uh leaning into comedy and and loving comedy is just the the escapism of it. Like yeah, yeah there there is stuff that's going on in life, but it's not um uh, it's not over I'm not covering it up with comedy. I'm yeah. bringing comedy into it as a way of uh of experiencing it in, in a positive way. You know, yeah. I think that okay. that a lot of life is just about how you're looking at it and the energy that you're bringing to it.
0: I, I like that because it's like just, so having a vaca- just having a vacation. You know, you, like the word escape. You know, like mm-hmm. you escaping from your life doesn't mean you're delusional enough to believe that certain parts of life no longer suck. It's like, yeah, I took a vacation from work, and I know yeah. after vacation I'm going to go back to work. It's not like I'm pretending work is over. Yeah,
1: right. No, and I think, and I love you know sci-fi and fantasy. And I think that I love all of that because it's escapism. But I think that within that escapism, sometimes there are greater truths we learn about ourselves and our experience than watching something really sad. It's like, I don't need to dwell (laughs) in the darkness of life. I need to uh, explore my feelings through something interesting and exciting. I mean, it's still self-exploration even if it's not a one-to-one.
0: Dude, self-exploration that's one of the subgenres of inspiration porn <laughs> right. that's where you feel yourself the inspirational quotes but like i mean are, are, do you find that when shit does get too real like in a shitty hallmark movie or something you just don't like it or you just have to be in the mood for it because i imagine that you know, people who deal with real shit growing up they mm. probably love dark shit less than i do you know if i've had a great childhood <laughs> you know, i have a great great childhood and stuff so i can watch some dark shit And not have it, you know, whereas other people be like, dude, I grew up with that bullshit. What are you watching a movie about alcohol, you know, alcoholism for when that when that was my growing up and it's like, you know, so do you find yourself avoiding real shit or is there just a time and a place for it?
1: Well, I just want to be really clear. I, I also had a great childhood. <laughs> I, I don't, you, you made a real assumption about my childhood. Um, well, oh, no, yeah,
0: I, I imagine you did. And I'm not saying that, but like, um, you know, but yeah, if you've had a sibling in the d- disabled community, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine that you'd be less, you know. Less happy to sit down and just to enjoy a a four hour you know deep dive on that subject because you're like dude I live with this shit she's an asshole sure. life is not hard for <laughs> no
1: my sister definitely not an asshole she's amazing um but <laughs> uh, it is. I mean, my husband and I were literally just talking about this because uh, I, I hate true crime. Like, I, I definitely don't want to sit uh, around uh. and watch like, oh, this is like real terrible stuff that can happen to you. Isn't that fun? And it's like 80% of the people watching true crime are women or some crazy number. Yeah, weird. And and I I do think that's shocking <laughs> because it's like, I don't need to know what could happen. I mean, my imagination will take hold of that and run with it. Um, but I. Uh, I think, uh, I think it depends. I think that, uh, truthfully, everybody's got shit, right? Like yeah. no matter how great your childhood was or how hard your childhood was, everybody's got shit. And I think that there's stuff that's going to, you know, be triggering to everybody. And it's just about, uh, taking care of yourself and your mental health. And if you're able to avoid things that are particularly hard, then go for it. But sometimes those things pop up and you, you work through it and sometimes those things pop up in ways that you don't expect. Uh, uh, yeah, I I have trouble even watching comedies where it feels as though someone might be making fun of someone with a disability. I, I, uh, even if that's not necessarily what the movie or the show is trying to do, it's something that I'm sensitive to and I don't begrudge anyone trying to make something that happens to trigger me. I just, you know, separate myself from it but that doesn't mean the thing itself is without merit. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sure there's plenty of people with other, you know, fucked up shit going on in their lives, in their childhoods, that would be fine with that movie. And it's something else that I'm perfectly fine watching. I, I, uh, just watched single drunk female, which is brand new. I watched both
0: episodes last night. I loved it all.
1: I thought it was brilliant. And I was like, I don't, I, I mean, the, uh, the title is insane, but, um, yeah, I thought it was a really brilliant exploration of something very real, but also very funny, which appeals so that to me. Is something
0: you could do in, do in the future with your comedy special.
1: I would love that. I mean, yes. that, are you are you uh, offering to pay for that? Or uh,
0: you know me, podcasts are notoriously rich, but yeah, I love I love Sophia I love Sophia <laughs> Delia Black. I loved her on the Mick. And I mm. love the fact I was I was happy and then pissed off at the fact that Jeremy Jams for Parks and Recreation was in the first 30 seconds of that <laughs> yeah. and never again for two fucking episodes. But I really think Meredith Hackman is gonna neck make the next single drunk female.
1: <laughs> okay, that's gonna great. be with the
0: disabled community. And we follow her everywhere. She's Big mayor, big underscore M-E-R on Twitter, where I'm gonna retweet all her funny stuff, but also on Instagram best place to cry at work and give us the one second version of how the hell that handle came to be.
1: I mean, I was, I was working and, and working <laughs> work. so Try to find a closet to cry in <laughs> at work. And it was just the maternity room that was open. You know what I mean? You can't, <sighs> can't interrupt all those moms with your crying,
0: but I, but I love it. The best place to cry at work is actually the maternity room. So we answered that question. <laughs> so we also follow her at Meredith We'll probably see show dates and stuff like that. So Meredith Hackman, thank you so much for coming on.